Hello, everyone. Here's my disclaimer. The information discussed in this interview by the guests may not represent the views of the station or host. Please discuss any information with your primary care physician. Hi, everyone. This is Betsy Wurzel, your host of Chatting with Betsy on Passionate World Talk Radio, where our mantra is to educate, enlighten, and entertain. And I have another phenomenal guest with me today who I have recently been on her show, and we have talked, and I'll tell you folks, phenomenal, so I have to say, um, lovely person, I get so excited, I know my brain goes ahead of my mouth sometimes, I have, she goes by two names, her author's name is Jessica Lazelle Cannon, and on Facebook, she's Jessica Cannon, Jessica, is author of The Proactive Caregiver. Great book, folks. Highly recommend you get it after you listen to this show. It's a subtitle, Stop Reacting to Life, Start Living Proactively. And I agree with that 100%. Jessica Cannon is also host of Proactive Caregivers, which is heard uh, wherever you hear podcasts. She's also a certified public accountant, a certified dementia practitioner. She has a support group that she's going to talk about online called Refuel, and I sure wish there was something like that when I was caregiving. Jessica is a speaker. She is a teacher. She's a ghostwriter, caregiver advocate. She also is co-owner and founder of Canon Light Media, LLC. And she has a website, which I'll give now, and it will be in the blog, https colon slash slash www.proactivecaregiver.com. Jessica Cannon, welcome to Chatting with Betsy. I'm so excited to have you on today. Thank you so much, Betsy. I'm glad to be here with you today. You are like... You are a sister. You are a kindred soul sister. Um, I'll tell you, folks, I just got this book. When was it? Friday? I think it was Friday. And so I'm doing an interview today, which is Tuesday. And I don't know. Maybe it's karma. I opened the book, and it was about a section on marriage <laughs> and what, what caregiving can do to a marriage. And I'll tell you what. This book is real. It's authentic. And I was like, yes, I could have written that myself. Um, I just love, Jessica, that you wrote this book. And I, I'm going to ask you what I ask all the authors that come on is, what motivated you to write this book, which I think is so awesome? Well, life happening in the way it did. And unfortunately, the family I grew up in, we tucked everything under the rug emotionally. We didn't talk about our dirty laundry. We didn't, just, we didn't go there. But when I became a caregiver, all of that stuff that I was tucking under the rug as a child, as an adolescent, young adult, it just all surfaced, and I didn't know how to deal and cope with things as a caregiver for my mother. And as I started to go through therapy, and I had several years, for several reasons, but as I started to go through therapy, I found my voice, and I realized it was going to be more toxic for me to hold these stories in rather than letting them out and 
not only healing myself, but helping other caregivers heal as well. Yes, yes. I've said many times um, for many years, when we share our stories, our experiences, we don't know who we're going to touch because, you know, we think we're alone, all alone how we feel and we're not. And that's one of the purposes on my show is to let people know they're not alone and they can have help. And I'll tell you folks, I'm not saying this just because Jessica is my new buddy, <laughs> but <laughs> Jessica Cannon is a wonderful resource. You need to check her out. Um, and this book, which I did not read because I just got it on uh, Friday, but I can tell you, and not that I'm a, a book critic by any means, but I can tell you as someone who's went through caregiving more times than I care to, this book is very true, very real, very authentic, and um, I like that. I, I like when people write a book when they have experienced it themselves and not just talking, I call it hot air. You know, right. anyone can write a book about anything, but unless you've lived it, I think living it gives it more power, more authenticness to it. Absolutely. Yeah, so the the chapter that you got the opportunity to read on marriage, I lived that with my parents, watching how my dad reacted to my mother in the early years before we ever knew that she was experiencing dementia symptoms. And so seeing how it affected their relationship on that romantic level, the intellectual level, and other areas, I didn't understand it until I was in my own marriage. And as I started stepping into some of those old footsteps, it was those epiphanies that came through one after the other going, oh, this is why dad said this years ago. This is why dad felt this. This is why dad did this. This is why dad wanted to leave but didn't. And so it it is a very rough and tough experience to go through. But these are the things that people don't want to talk about because they're ashamed, and that shame hides the lesson that's in there. And so bringing light to it was really important to me. Yes, that's very true. I, I can say, and I've said it before on my show, and I'm not ashamed to say it, when Matt Mon had Alzheimer's, Matt made me the enemy. And it was not a good time in the Sloan household, I could tell you that. Um, it just tore us apart, and it's a shame because when people are faced with a crisis, whether it be Alzheimer's or any other illness, uh, disease, it should bring families together and not tear them apart. And when, I mean, it was his mom. I was supportive, but he wasn't supportive, and it was his mom. And to, um, you know, get Matt to, to do things, it, it caused um, a big rift. And you need to make, well, first of all, don't make each other the enemy. And you need to spend time as a couple. Because a lot of times after the caregiving is over, two people look at each other and like, okay, who are we now? Exactly. You know, where are we in this um, marriage or partnership? Um, And that's, um, I highly recommend marriage counseling. If you are taking care of a parent, living with them, 
I highly recommend spending time together and going for marriage counseling. What is a proactive caregiver, and why is that important, Jessica? It's important. <coughs> First of all, the proactive caregiver came to be as I stepped away from the corporate world as an accountant, always in the area of reviewing historical information, looking how after the fact, reacting to things, trying to predict trends, I took that mindset as I stepped in as a caregiver and coined the proactive caregiver because I got to that point where I was tired, exhausted, and just emotionally beat down from reacting, always reacting to situations. So it became very important to me to learn what was going to happen next or what I couldn't expect to happen next after all of the areas that I didn't feel prepared to handle had taken place. And I knew there was going to be plenty more as my mother continued to climb. So the proactive part was putting measures in place, uh, making plans for the future so that I could be in the present moment with her and not stressed and overwhelmed and worried about a future that hadn't taken place yet. So the proactive caregiver came to be. I, I like that. I, I encourage people to be proactive. You know, get your financial power of attorney, Absolutely. Um, medical power of attorney, living will, and get them done immediately. Right. Well, actually, I think everyone over at 18 and over should have it. Um, a kid going off to college should have it because, um, you know, Jessica, you have children. They don't even have to tell you anything about your child when they're over, when they're 18 and over. Right. And uh, you want to be able to know what your child wants. And yes, it could always be changed. It's not in stone. It could, they could change as they get older, but um, it needs to be done because you, nobody wants the state to come in and say what should be done. Right. And it's so uh, very important. And, uh, you know, pre, and, and not that I'm morbid, folks, but you know what? We, we plan things in life, don't we, Jessica? College, career, right? Um, mm -hmm. We get an idea who we want to marry, when we want to have children, if we want to have right. children. So why can't we plan what we want the end of our life to look like? What do you yeah. want? you know, burial, where, how, service, music, everything. And people don't want to talk about that. And no, um, do you have a chapter in that in your book? I didn't even look um, for that. I was just wondering. I do. I have, I, <laughs> I broke this down. Very easy to break it apart just because you don't have to read this book cover to cover. You can go chapter to chapter as needed if you want to. But I do have a chapter that covers the caregiver compliance with these legal documents and the trusts and, and understanding what probates are for after the fact and the, creating and closing an estate. The documents that are so incredibly important that I am glad I had because it, it came in handy, not just as a caregiver from meeting my mom's needs, but when family drama started to spike between my siblings. Um, the documents that we need are 
you know, like you said, the medical power of attorney, power of attorney, but what people don't remember or realize is they also need a HIPAA document signed. And you can get it whenever you go to the doctor's offices, and, but then you're signing one for each individual doctor's office. If you get these forms completed beforehand, then you can make the copies and hand them to the doctors as needed wherever you go. And it's signed in place and you're not at the mercy of having your loved one reevaluated to see what they are capable or cognitive enough to sign going forward. Yes, and that's very important. And it's so important because I know, like, you know, siblings and you have – you know, when when you have a dysfunctional family, I think most people might be dysfunctional. Um, you know, they might say, well, um, no, mom and dad wanted this. No, they told me they wanted this. Well, yeah. if mom and dad have it down in paper, there's no arguments. There's, that's what it is. And, and that's what it um, needs to be. Yes. Yes. And, and you don't have to agree with someone you just have to honor their wishes. Right. When we got and to the end of, of my father passing, that's when a lot of these issues came up because they were the conversations we avoided and didn't feel comfortable to have. And if we ever came anywhere close to deciding any of the stuff, it was all around joking and sarcasm. So when it actually happened, it was, Wow, it turned our world upside down, and it caused a lot more drama of the arguing of who disagreed. It wasn't just what he wanted. It was what we wanted, who was going to pay for it, and how, and when, and how much, and all of those other details that no one wants to deal with. Yes. Yeah, nobody wants to have these conversations, and yet they're uh, necessary, which is why I do talk about it um, a lot, and I will continue to because this needs to be discussed. Mm-hmm. Matt's hospice doctor told me, now this is three years ago, he said, because he had a private practice also, he said he has 15 minutes with each person. And when they are over, I think he said the age of 65, and I said, why are you waiting until that age? He has to start talking about end of life. And people don't have a clue as to what to do or, or to, they don't want to think about it. And I told him about my show and then I tell people, you know, you need to start thinking about these things. And he said, thank you. Keep doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's not a pleasant subject as we all know, but you know what? It's a necessary um, conversation to have. It is. Just it's more necessary oh, now that we're having um, <coughs> early onset dementia is becoming more of a problem. So waiting till the mid to late 60s to start the conversation is too late. We need to yeah. start having these conversations, like you said, in our 20s, 30s. Yeah. That's very um, uh, young. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a, a necessary thing. I mean, I told my son what I wanted, and, um, you know, there's, you know, nothing wrong with that. Um, but I did come also from the family, excuse me, <coughs> where you didn't hear your dirty laundry, <clears throat> you didn't talk about your feelings, and you didn't talk about uh, problems. 
or definitely you didn't you know discuss um certain issues and um well mental health was one of them but um I'd like for you to tell the audience, Jessica, about your podcast. I was a guest on the podcast, folks, and I said, Jessica, you have to come on um, my show and um, tell us about what your podcast is about. My podcast originally started to be able to get information on resources out to the public, but then after I did this for a couple of years, I started to hear the stories coming from the actual caregivers and in support groups or in passing or when I was even sitting in the doctor's office with waiting for my mother or with her on an appointment. So the podcast is the opportunity for caregivers to share their stories and their experiences because what it comes down to it, the caregivers know more then a lot of our medical industry support from doctors and sometimes even specialists because by the time you're seeing that specialist, they're not talking to the other specialist, the other part of the body and brain that they're working to compare notes. So the podcast is yes. so that we can share our stories and learn and grow together as a community of caregivers. I I agree. I've been telling people to share their stories for uh, a very long time. And um, I'll say this again, folks. It's time to come out of that dementia closet, shine a light on your journey, on your loved one, and share your stories. And I'm a Jersey girl, so I know I'm a little, <laughs> a little uh, abrupt sometimes. But you know what, folks? When you have information and you don't share it, it's being selfish. We need to help each other. I'll tell you what, I know 2014, I went on Facebook and I went crazy joining support groups. I wish, well, back then, seven years ago, podcasts weren't really um, heard of. I, I didn't hear of it. I wish there was podcasts about caregivers where you could hear stories, get advice. And now there's, um, you know, it's flooded that there's so many, uh, which is good. It's a good thing because it takes a village of support. Absolutely. And to share the uh, stories, we have to personalize this disease, folks, with a name and a face. And if we don't personalize this disease, no one's going to know about it. It's up to us, the caregivers, whether you're, current or past caregiver show your journey i still show matt's journey and i will always show matt's journey until i can no longer do it because i want people to see the brutality of this disease i also want people to see how we live life while matt still couldn't enjoy life so um we need to show our journeys and and i was on jessica's show uh proactive caregiver and I shared Matt's story and thank you Jessica for letting me do that Absolutely. and do you coach people since you're a certified dementia practitioner I do I do I have uh, I usually schedule one-on-one <coughs> and before I even attempt to approach the family 
Uh, it's usually a child, an adult child taking care of a parent, or even in most cases, a spouse that's trying to take care of another spouse. Uh, try and help them find their way through all of this and list out all the things that they can expect based off of what they're already experiencing. And as what I talk about in the refuel group, sport group, is try to bring some light and education to their already dark and heavy situation. I'll tell you what, I wish there was a refuel um, when I was caregiving. And, you know, another um, purpose of my show is to tell people about resources to help Mm -hmm. you, the audience, have a better life that I wish I knew about so I could have had a better uh, caregiving experience. Um, Jessica, so if somebody wants to consult with you, how would they do that? The fastest way will be to reach out to me on the proactivecaregiver.com website. I have a scheduling section, and they can reach out to me through that, and they'll get a questionnaire to let them know uh, so that they can let me know who are they caring for, what are their main struggles, and what they expect to receive from our time together so that I can give them focused and beneficial advice and even homework to an extent for them to actually step in because half of the battle is knowing what question to ask and then the rest of it is being able to have the courage to ask that question as needed and knowing that information is sending them out with homework as well so they can step into their life and feel a little bit more empowered on what they can do and this area where we feel like we're out of control because it's happening to us, well, in some cases it's happening for us. It's bringing a light to something that you we haven't been paying attention to, and that's what I try and help them to focus on what they need to pay attention to. And I love that. So they don't, so they don't feel so I, um, weighed down by all of it. Yes, yes, I I I love what what you're saying and. Um, you know, my audience has heard me, and I'm going to, don't care if I sound like a broken record, folks. Mm-hmm. If you want to enjoy life as a caregiver, and if you want to enjoy life after caregiving, you need to take care of yourself. And I'll tell you what, it's not just, you know, like self-care, because not everyone could go to a spa, not everyone could go take a week vacation. It's contacting Jessica Cannon mm-hmm. and reading her book that can help you. That's part of self-care is taking care of yourself emotionally, mentally, physically, and um, knowing, you know, like, what do I do when I'm stressed? How do I handle my loved one's behaviors? Um, And I, big one for education. And when you educate yourself, when a caregiver educates themselves, your life will be much less stressful. Yes, it will still be stressful. But it will be less stressful because you'll be educated, and I can't say this enough, mm-hmm. caregiver, if you are a caregiver, and even if you're not, you probably will be, chances are you probably will be a caregiver, educate yourself now. Educate yourself about your, your illness if you have one, your loved ones, because education knowledge is power, folks. I'm telling you, it is powerful. How does someone join your your refuel group 
it is going to be the same thing under that proactivecaregiver.com forward slash refuel. I started refuel um, this earlier this year because I wanted a different kind of support group. I wanted caregivers to be able to be seen and heard so that they have a place that they can express what's going on in their lives, but also get some education and leave with some light homework, so to speak. The REFUEL is, stands for Replenish, Encourage, Fellowship, Understanding, Education, of course, and Light. And that's exactly what I wanted to represent for caregivers because that's what we struggle finding outside of our home and getting that support that we need as caregivers. I love that. And how often do you meet this uh, refuel group? Yes, the refuel group meets on the third Tuesday of every month. Currently, it is at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. And if you're able to go in and register, then the spots are limited for right now. I do keep it to roughly 25 just so that we have enough time uh, we don't keep the hard stop at just at an hour. We don't want anybody to get cut off, but we, we can't go, you know, two, three hours of a support group. But it's virtual so that people from all around can attend if they need to or when they want to to make it more. Now, is that for free? Is that free, it Jessica? Is. It is free. Well, it is very free. They, but they just need to register so that they can get the Zoom link and make sure they secure a spot before it's closed. Wow. That is uh, really cool. I, I hope your group grows so that you have to have another group another day um, and time but to squeeze right. into your schedule um, <laughs> because it's so necessary. Excuse me. It's very necessary. Um, I, I really do wish that there was something like, like your refuel group when I was caregiving uh, with Matt. Um, I'm kind of jealous in a way of caregivers now, which might sound kind of crazy, only because there are so many people out there sharing their, their wisdom so many more resources, so much more education out there than there was, I'm going to say, even three years ago. I agree. I agree. And I think part of it is because there, I experienced this myself. There was a little bit of a stigmatism to this where I, my mother first, a lot of why we miss, dismissed her dis, dementia for so long was because she does have bipolar disorder. And so when I mentioned that to some people, especially at work, um, I kind of had that feeling that they were looking at me as if I had my mother's um, behavioral or her tendencies. And so I felt ashamed. I felt embarrassed. And so I didn't like talking about it. And so I can imagine that several other caregivers going through these situations not wanting to talk about it, especially like the marriage chapter that we talked about earlier. I revealed a very personal scenario of um, my father actually having an affair. And that was his way of coping with his caregiving. A lot of this stuff isn't spoken out loud. But now I think it's becoming, maybe COVID pushed this out into the light a little bit more because I was already feeling isolated and at home by myself with my mom. So 
when we all began to be locked down, it was like, oh, I, I have friends now. <laughs> now I have people staying at home with me where it was just me and my mother and me craving adult conversation elsewhere. But these are the things we're talking about now, and it's about time. We just we need to speak about it and, like you said, put the face and name to it because it's real. Yes, yes, it is. Um, four years ago, uh, Jeannie White, who's station manager at Peshawar Talk Radio, she discovered me and had me on her show, and I talked on her show, which is the Connect show. And it was really difficult getting people, getting caregivers to talk about their experience. And that was four years ago. Um, and, you know, I, I would say you could even be anonymous. You don't even have to say your name, where you live. Just tell your story. And the excuses, I can't, I don't know. Folks, I'm telling you, there's no right or wrong way to tell your story. It's your story to tell. And I'll tell you what, if I could do it, if Betsy Wurzel could do it, anyone can do it, okay? Um, we, you know, it's, I, I'm so happy now, Jessica, that I see more people um, and those with dementia, not just caregivers, but those with, with some type of dementia are telling their stories or being more vocal. And I like to think that I was a pioneer with that because, you know, sometimes you can feel like John the Baptist banging the drum and yelling and wondering if anyone's listening. People are listening now. Um, yeah. People are, are coming out of that dementia closet, and I'm so glad because we have to. We have to to come out of the closet, and we even need our own stone wall. We need to cause a revolution as caregivers and that we want respect and dignity for our loved ones and ourselves and to speak up when there's an injustice. And I will always be passionate about that until I can't talk anymore. But I just um, love what you're doing, Jessica. Where can people buy your book, The Proactive Caregiver? Stop reacting to life, start living proactively. Go ahead. Yeah. Where can they get? That book can be found on my website as well as proactivecaregiver.com, but they can also go to Amazon. It's on Amazon online and Walmart and Barnes and Noble as well. Do you have a preference of where someone um, would purchase it? I know some people like for them for them to purchase it from their website versus okay. Amazon. Do you have well, a preference, or it doesn't matter? If they purchase it from my website, they'll get a signed copy. <laughs> oh, okay. Elsewhere, they won't be able to, and the preference really is just based off of where people end up shopping most. So if they're going to go online to Amazon and they're buying other products, hey, check it out. You can get the proactive caregiver as well. Add that into your cart at the same time. Same things with Walmart or uh, Barnes & Noble. It's just a matter of preference. But from my website, you'll get the signed copy. Oh, okay. That's cool because you never know, folks. Jessica Cannon could get famous one day, and then you could have an <laughs> autographed copy of her book. Uh, you never know. I am now. I am now. I'm on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Well, you know what? There are people who have come on, and they ended up best-selling authors. I mean, they weren't just on my show. They were on many people's shows, but uh, you 
you know, you just uh, never know. I, Jessica, I just uh, enjoyed talking to you. We are kindred spirits and folks. Yes. Please ch- go on Amazon, go on Jessica's website, and the information will be in the blog. So please read the blog. Join, uh, register for the refuel group. You have nothing to lose. It's for free. Uh, ask for a consultation. You know, we never know until we try. And um, to see if, you know, someone fits into our, you know, situation. Um, and I highly, highly recommend everyone who is a caregiver or if you know a caregiver to purchase this book for them. Holidays are coming up, folks. Right around the corner, if you know a caregiver, they should have this book. And even if you're not, you should have it because um, it will get you ready for when you are a caregiver. And the way, I mean, I'm a baby boomer, so the way baby boomers are aging, you will either be a caregiver or need one. My son was a caregiver for his dad at the age of 25 or 26. So... This is a very important book to add to your library. And I'm not just saying that because I know Jessica. I just met her. Uh, I'm saying it because this book is that important and very uh, helpful resource. And I want to thank you, Jessica. Thank you. Liz Del Cannon for writing this book. You're welcome. Thank you for giving Uh, me the time to be on here. I just want to say one last thing. Sure. Caregivers, just keep in mind, you cannot take care of your loved one if you don't take care of yourself. Amen. Yes, amen to that. Yes, very true. Um, That's right. That's so true. And folks, I I just love talking to people like Jessica, who is so passionate. And you know what? If I was looking for a certified dementia practitioner, this is my own opinion. I want someone, I would prefer someone who has lived it or are living it than someone who did not even experience it on a personal level. Because I'll tell you, folks, there's a big difference between being doing it on a professional and then having the personal experience. And people will tell you, uh, I just had two people on my show recently that will tell you, yes, it was different when I was not involved in it on a personal basis, but once they had personal experience, it was a whole different ball game. I would definitely consider talking to, to Jessica because she is living it and she knows what she's talking about. And um, listen to her podcast. Thank you. And listen to her podcast, um, Proactive caregivers and you know people say well why are you promoting another podcast on your show well because I don't have all the answers folks and it takes a village and Jessica has a wonderful show and I am more than happy to tell people about proactive caregivers because we all need different people to help us out and um so check that out. And like I said, the information will be in the blog. And I want to thank you again, Jessica, for coming on. Thank you. Both. And I want to thank you. Really You're welcome. Oh, my pleasure. 
And I want to thank Jeannie White, who's station manager of Passion Talk Radio, and she produces the show, writes the blog, so please read it so you can uh, read about Jessica and contact her and purchase the book. And I want to thank Lillian Caldwell, who is CEO of Passion Talk Radio, who makes this all possible. I want to thank you all for listening, subscribing, and sharing. It's free to subscribe to Chatting with Betsy. I'm on iHeart, Amazon Music, Spreaker. And I want to encourage you to subscribe. I have phenomenal guests. And I just want to help people. My show is to help people. It's my mission, my vision. And when you share the show, you are helping somebody else. And that's what I am about. This is what Chatting with Betsy is about, helping others. And I carrying on, and when you share, you're helping to honor Matt's memory. So I deeply appreciate that. And as I always say at the end of the show, in a world where you could be anything, please be kind and shine your light bright because we sure need it. If everybody were to be kind and shine their light, it would be a much peaceful and brighter world. And I can truly believe that. Until we chat again, Take care, everyone. This is Betsy Wurzel, your host of Chatting with Betsy on Passionate Rules Talk Radio. Bye-bye now.